No one could survive and be truly nourished grazing and snacking their way through life. Hey there, this is Patrice Washington from patricewashington.com, where we chase purpose, not money. Welcome back to another episode of Redefining Wealth. We are the unconventional personal finance show. We really are here to talk about more than tactics and skill set. See, in this community, we believe that wealth is so much more than merely money and material possessions. We truly believe that wealth is about well-being. And so while we talk about the money, hardcore money stuff, what we really want to emphasize are all the other areas of your life that have an impact on your ability to produce and maintain and sustain wealth. Now, before we jump in, today's episode is brought to you by Be a Planner, the 12-month guide to helping you intentionally create your best year yet, created by one of our very own purpose chasers again, Tina Black of tinablack.net. Now, have you ever thought to yourself, I just need more hours in the day? I know I have. So when I meet women with full lives and full plates who seem to do so much with joy, peace, style, grace, and ease, I'm always quick to ask them the secret. When I met Tina Black, a Paul Mitchell school owner, salon owner, author, podcaster, wife, and mother, how she does it all, she reminded me, Patrice, it's not about time management, it's about priority management. Tina doesn't believe in letting life just happen. She believes in planning. So she created Be A Planner to help us all get ready for our best decade ever. Be A Planner teaches you how to plan your quarter, month, week, and day down to a T, and it helps you think through what you should be doing versus what you should be delegating. Success leaves clues, purpose chasers, and for just $30 for a year-long planner, I'm willing to see how much of what has helped Tina create her amazing success can be applied to my life for sure. To pick up your copy of Be A Planner, head to tinablack.net slash shop. That's tinablack.net slash shop, and let's plan our way into a purposeful and profitable 2020 and beyond. And so today we are unpacking something from our faith pillar. If you are brand spanking new here and you need to get caught up on what these pillars represent, I suggest you go to patricewashington.com, click on start here, and you can get an overview of all that the pillars entail. And so the pillar that we're unpacking today is the faith pillar. And here we say that faith is about believing in something greater. And one of the things that I share all the time is that If we say we believe in something, then we must make time to practice it. If we say we believe in something because we understand that life is going to happen, whether we like it or not, that accidents don't make appointments, and it's not about if something can blow up on you, right? We know that it's a matter of when. My granny used to say, if you just keep living, right, keep living long enough, something is bound to happen, And so I always just kind of talk about this idea of being prepared, right? Being ready so you don't have to get ready, not trying to figure out who you are or what you believe or where you put your hope when you're in the midst of the crisis. And so recently, I about a month ago, actually, I was kind of locked away for three and a half days working on my next book as well as completing some MBA homework. And so when I'm in those spaces where I just tuck myself away and I have no schedule, 
I write until I can't write anymore. And then I snack, I eat, I sleep, and I may be up in the middle of the night, up at random times, asleep in the middle of the day, whatever works. But I had all these downloads and I shared on Instagram that these these downloads kept coming. And I knew that if I was feeling it, then more than likely you all would probably be able to appreciate the lesson as well. Because most of what I talk about on Redefining Wealth is my own stuff. (laughs) These are the lessons that I've learned in the solo insights. And not that I've learned and mastered, let me be clear, many times that I'm still working through. And I've been on the road quite a bit lately. Uh, I think I've done like 12 cities in less than seven weeks or something like that. It's been it's been a roller coaster, quite the roller coaster. And so it is so easy to fall into a pattern or a rhythm of not eating the way that I should because I'm on the road. And because we have a fit pillar, it's tempting to think that I just mean physically eating. Right. Because by nature, I'm a grazer. I am one of those people who loves to snack. I'm a snacker. I love to snack. I love trail mix. Everyone who knows me knows I love a good Cape Cod trail mix. That's cashews, almonds and the cranberries. I could literally, I believe, live off that. Right. But the truth is no one could survive and be truly nourished grazing and snacking their way through life. And what hit me when I was in that hotel room tucked away, I felt the Holy Spirit say, but you have allowed yourself to snack your way through these last several weeks. How could you believe that you could survive spiritually snacking this way? If you can't survive physically by just snacking and not getting your fruits and veggies and drinking all the water that you should and making sure you're getting your protein and all the stuff that you know you need to physically thrive in your body. How could you think that you could get away for all these weeks with doing a devotional here and there and because you listen to praise and worship music when you work out? I know I'm like the only nerd who listens to that, who listens to gospel music while they work out, right? Like because you, you know, might read a meme inspired by uh, a faith-based person or because you might catch a clip of a sermon that now you think that you are truly spiritually fed. How dare you? How dare you? And while I have been continuing to block time, I was blocking time, but I wanted to do the easy stuff. I wanted to do the quick stuff because I know, just like we know with eating, right? That when I have a full meal, I'm truly nourishing myself and taking care of myself in the best possible way. When I actually make the time to sit down and read for me the Bible, right? Whatever your spiritual text is and 
really meditate on a scripture and study the scripture and try to understand the context and the characters and the key players and what is this saying to me about where I am in my life now versus trying to throw in a quick devotional, I really do feel so much more equipped to handle my day, to handle the obstacles that are before me, to even handle the opportunities that are before me, right? I know that I'm better. And the reason it was coming up is because the symptoms, I was seeing the symptoms. So first of all, malnutrition is a serious condition. Don't play yourself and think that it's not. It's a serious condition. And it it happens when people's diets just don't contain the right amount of nutrients. Malnutrition literally means poor nutrition, right? And when I was looking this up, what really blew my mind is that it's usually self-diagnosed. So you don't have to necessarily go to the doctor for them to say that you are malnourished. You can tell because the symptoms are overwhelming. And if you're honest with yourself, you know it. And I started to look up the symptoms of malnutrition and then I was comparing it to how I was feeling in my spiritual life. So here are a few that maybe you can identify with. One of the first symptoms that I saw was weakness of muscles, weakness of muscles. And I don't know about you, right? But I know that when I'm not working out the way that I should or the way that I have become accustomed to, that all of a sudden it's like, I can't carry the load of things I could normally do. Like I used to lift a certain, before my shoulder injury, I used to lift a certain weight, right? Like I could do a 25, 30 pound dumbbell and do my little presses, you know, one by one. But because I had to take so much time off, my muscles have naturally weakened. Well, spiritually, there are certain things that I had the capacity or the strength to hold spiritually, right? Certain news, certain bad news, the way, you know, that maybe someone would react to me or the way someone would pop off even, right? And when my spiritual muscle is built, I can see that that has everything to do with them and not necessarily me. Like I had the strength to not take everything so personally, but because I was weakening my spiritual muscle by not being attentive and not truly nourishing myself, I found myself getting, you know, real tight (laughs) with little things that wouldn't normally upset me. They wouldn't normally get to me, right? Another symptom was lack of energy. We already know what that's about, a lack of energy. I believe that there are so many things that we want to go for and that we want to accomplish and we want to do. And yet we sit around and don't have the necessary, we have the talent, we have the skill, we may have the relationships, but we don't even have the enthusiasm or the energy to go after it because we know spiritually, We're just not aligned yet. Like we're not ready. Like if I went after this thing today, would I even have the capacity? Would I even have the stamina to get through it? I know so often we are praying for things that we don't have the capacity to maintain. 
we don't have the energy to actually live in the fullness of the things that we're asking for. Another symptom was increased susceptibility to infections. And man, that made me think of what types of thoughts are infecting our minds right now. It is so easy to lean towards the negative thoughts if you, like me, grew up in not the best environments where people were not necessarily saying the most helpful, the most supportive, the most productive things. And when I am really in tune spiritually, I understand that words are powerful and that what I verbalize, I magnify and magnetize. And I understand this concept of renewing of the mind, right? And that when something negative comes in, that I have the ability to tell a new story. I have an ability to shift that immediately. But when I'm not taking care of myself spiritually and I'm spiritually starving, I'm more susceptible to infections. I'm more susceptible to letting someone plant a seed of doubt, of fear, of regret. And because I'm an awesome director in my mind, I can let that spread like a cancer throughout my mind and create an entire narrative that is not even true. And how is that productive? How is that helpful to me, to you, to anyone that I serve, to my family? How is that helpful, right? Another symptom is delayed and prolonged healing of even small wounds and cuts. Delayed and prolonged healing of even small wounds and cuts. That just goes back to, again, letting little things get to you that wouldn't ordinarily upset you. Have you ever been in conversation with someone and they are blowing up a scenario? Like, I can't believe that he said that she did And they are going in and they, man, you are like, what happened? And then you hear what happened and you're like, hmm, that really doesn't seem as significant as how you sound, right? You start to go, this reaction doesn't make sense for what took place. Why are you holding on to this grudge? Why are you holding on and prolonging your own suffering and healing for something that is really a paper cut, but you sound like you got stabbed 37 times? Why? Spiritual malnutrition will do that. When you are not clear about what your faith says about forgiveness, and says about surrendering, and what it says about moving on, turning the other cheek, letting things go, you will delay and prolong your own healing for even things that are really small and insignificant in the bigger picture. Another symptom is irritability. And we already know. I don't have to break that down. <laughs> you Again, you already know the things that you're snapping about that wouldn't ordinarily throw you into anything. And another one I saw was long-term constipation. And it made me think of how many dreams and goals are getting backed up because you refuse to take time to nourish yourself. And not you, again, speaking to me. I saw one text that I read talked about 
one of the symptoms being developmental. And it said, malnutrition will cause a failure to thrive and slow growth. And I was like, wow. Slow growth. All the things that we're hoping for, wishing for, praying for. And we want our territory to be enlarged and we want to have all this financial abundance and we want all these things. And what if it is simply being held off because we refuse to nourish ourselves and to make sure that spiritually we are strong enough to accept, to embrace, to hold, to maintain to sustain what it is we say we want. So my question for all of us today is what are you, what are we feeding ourselves? What are we feeding ourselves? Like what are we putting in our bodies that are that's going to actually help us get to what we say we want? I love you heard from Brandy Harvey uh, I love that Brandy talks about the fact that you can't out-train a bad diet. You can't outwork a bad diet. So we can pretend all we want and we can do all of the physical stuff. But at the end of the day, what we're feeding ourselves when no one is looking is what will truly produce the results that folks can see. And so if you are not being as fruitful as you believe you can be in any area of your life, if you are not producing the results that you know you are capable of, if you are stagnant and feeling stuck, right? It's really important that we take a look at ourselves Take a look at what we're actually feeding ourselves spiritually instead of wondering, why am I always angry? Why am I always anxious? Why am I being mean-spirited? Why am I either draining myself or draining others? Why am I always battling with this feeling of fright or hopelessness? or being not enough, or feeling alone, right? And I talk about this. I'm out all the time, as you know, speaking and working with folks, and people will tell me how much they love the faith pillar. But then within a few minutes of conversing, I can tell if they love it, but don't make time to practice it. And I can tell based on their reaction to simple things or based on the word choice that they use. And I'm not saying that to scare you from telling me what's really going on. I'm not saying that to shame you. I'm saying it because we need to be aware and I'm no different. When I'm not feeding myself the way that I should, I'm no different. These symptoms that I've shared, I'm telling you that I show up that way. And there's no judgment and there's no comparison. Whether I do it more or less than the person next to me is not my concern. My only concern is that I need to have an awareness when I'm not 
doing what all that I know that I should do in my faith pillar, the same way I would look at my physical body and go, you're not doing what you should do. You're going to the gym, but I can tell you you're snacking wrong. I can tell you're not on top of your protein or your water because your weight and the way you're fitting in these clothes tell the truth. And in the same way, right, the way that I'm showing up mentally and the way that I'm reacting to things, it should not be a surprise because if I didn't put the work in, what am I really expecting to get out? If I'm doing drive-by faith, if I'm watching a two-minute sermon clip every other day, or I'm you know only doing a devotional, or... I'm just listening to music and thinking that that is the faith pillar, I'm done, then of course, I'm going to react to life's challenges in a way that is beneath what I know is possible. And so I had to recommit to some things. I had to recommit to how I was feeding my spirit. And I wanted to share that openly with you. Hold me accountable And you be held accountable. If you are a purpose chaser in our purpose chaser community, it's at IamAPurposeChaser.com. I encourage you, you know, come in there, get into that faith pillar channel and just say, "I, I recommit. I recommit. Tell us what you're going to do, right? Here are some of the things that I must recommit to personally. I have on my calendar, eat a big healthy lunch. Because when I don't calendar things, it doesn't happen, right? And so I had faith pillar on on the calendar. But you know, after a certain period of time, you can get used to seeing things, right? Like one thing I'm just doing just to psych myself out is changing the color so that it hits me differently and changing the words that I have. If I'm going to be deliberate about, you know, physically eating, I want to be more deliberate about spiritually eating. And so instead of just faith pillar saying like, oh, meditate, journal, whatever, I'm changing it to say, read your Bible. Read your Bible. None of this, oh, I did a devotional on the way to so-and-so or when I was in the car with the driver headed to the airport, I got it in. Like, no, it's not about squeezing it in. It's about, and it's not about finding time. It's about making time and being committed to that time. And so I think what I'm going to do is change the text on my phone so that when it goes off, I get different types of reminders just to keep it fresh. So it may say, read your Bible, may say, you know, complete this devotional. It may say, do the, I don't know. I'm still working it out, but I know it has to be on the calendar and I know I have to keep it fresh. I can't let it get stale. Another thing that I am recommitting to is watching less TV period. I have not been a big TV watcher for many years. And in talking to someone who I really admire a few months ago, we had this conversation about you like people need to stop telling folks to not watch TV. You need the release and you need this. I do need a release. I don't need trash TV as the release. Guilty pleasure has become normalized. And I do believe that what we feed ourselves, what we allow in our minds, in our eyes, in our ears, that it matters. And so you can think, 
it's not making a difference. But I know for me, it makes a difference. And I know it plants seeds, right? I know the things that I've already struggled with personally, professionally, in my marriage, as a parent, and seeing those things acted out are not necessarily the best thing for me because it's easy for me to lean back into that and try to lean on my own understanding instead of staying in a place of gratitude for how far I've come. And I'm not sure that we're always aware of the tug of war that takes place when we're just allowing any old thing in our spirit. So that's what we're watching. It's what we're listening to. The subliminal messages through music are real. I'm not saying that you must listen to gospel music all day. My daughter was not conceived on gospel music. Amen. (laughs) That's not what I'm saying. But I am saying that there are certain things that I could listen to when I was much younger that when I hear it now, I'm like, what in the world? Right? That's me. I don't know what that is for you. I'm sharing what I'm recommitting to. I'm recommitting to the fact that I don't want all these messages in my spirit. I just don't. I'm recommitting to a daily practice of self-reflection, which for me creates gratitude. So I'm already big on journaling. But again, doing a quick devotional, listening to music, I was kind of getting off my daily. I typically would do daily journaling. And for me, it's so important because I can go back and read how far I've come and read what God has done and and the things that I prayed for that are now my reality. And that helps with the reduction of the anxiousness and the worry and the fear and the doubt, because I know that if it was done before, it can be done again, right? And that's not something I can get from a quick devotional or from listening to music. That takes thoughtfulness. That really does take reflection. That takes like looking back, going back, remembering how far I've come. And that to me is such an important part of keeping my soul nourished. Courage Melina talks about how we get spiritual amnesia. And I believe that when we don't have a reflection practice in place, it is so easy to forget just how far you've come, just how much you've already accomplished, just how much you've survived the miracles that have already taken place in your life. That is a part of keeping yourself nourished. When you forget those things, you are starving. You are starving spiritually because you are literally at the point of thinking that all you deserve is crumbs and you've no one's ever wanted to give you a full meal and you've never had a feast. You've always been in famine and that is a lie from the pits of hell. But when you don't create the time to make self-reflection a practice, you essentially are okay with starving yourself of those memories and of those miracles and of those things that have already come before you. And so I'm recommitting to a daily self-reflection practice. I don't care if it's 10 minutes, but it must be done daily because if not, that spiritual amnesia is real and it will kick in, right? And I just personally believe that just with some of those things, right? Being intentional about prayer, not a cute prayer, 
not a, a scripted prayer, just a pray until you feel complete. That could be a minute. That could be 20 minutes. I've literally looked up and been praying for like 18 minutes. I had a lot to say that day. <laughs> right? But allowing myself to surrender through through prayer and just letting go of things. Again, not in some drive-by format, not in like, oh, I'm gonna pray over my food and then throw in a little something extra about healing the world. Like not all this scripted, my mama taught me this when I was 10 type of prayers, but having an honest and earnest conversation with your creator. I love that Cashel Kelly said, praying is like talking to a friend who can actually do something about it. How often do we spend time talking to friends about what is going on in our lives who can do absolutely nothing, but then we don't make time for prayer. We don't have time to get on our knees or get on our face and pray to the friend who can do something, but yet we have an hour or two to spend with a girlfriend, you know, going over some scenario over and over again that neither one of you are really in control of, right? So how do we not have time? These are the things I was struggling with. So I've been at this about three and a half weeks now, just really working through this for myself, but determined to not starve myself of what I know I need to survive. What I know I need in order to have the strength to carry through with the vision that was put on my life, that was put on my heart. And I know the symptoms. We feel the symptoms. We don't need anyone else to point it out. We don't need anyone else to diagnose it. We know when we're irritable. We know when little things are just getting to us. We know when our growth feels slow and stagnant. Right? We, we know. We know when we have become susceptible to these thoughts that are infecting our brain, our mind, every piece of our being, we know. But the question is, so if you know, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? What are you committed to doing about it? Yes, I am in a season of life that I prayed for. I am in a season of life that I prayed for, that I asked God for. So how do I get here and then turn around and act like I don't have the time or allow myself to use the time ineffectively? Allow myself to believe that I could snack on his word, snack on a few morsels here and there, and yet want the weight and responsibility of carrying out such a great mission, the audacity. But we do that. I do that. You do that. And I'm just asking that you reconsider. I'm asking that you don't get so far into this wealth building, so far into this business building, so far into this brand building, so far into people pleasing, so far into doing whatever it is that you do, that now you think you can snack your way through your spiritual life. And it'll be enough to sustain you. That's a lie. It's a trick. 
And it's so funny that I believe the enemy will allow us to believe, oh, I did enough. Or, oh, I do more than so-and-so. Comparison is not only the thief of joy. Comparison is the thief of true progress. Comparison is the thief of truth. Because there is no, oh, I did better than so-and-so. So-and-so is responsible for their own journey, for the survival of their own soul. What does that have to do with anything? But boy, can it creep up. So never feel that you have it sewed up tight. And just know that what you were eating in one season of your life is not what will sustain you in the next. You may have to change up your diet. You may have to shift some things. Just like when you were a baby, you could live off of milk, breast milk, Similac, whatever your mom gave you, right? You couldn't live off of that as a toddler. You couldn't live off of that as an adolescent. And there were things that you could eat in adolescence that would sustain you that didn't work when you got to college. And when we were in college, my roommates and I were making every possible dish out of ramen. I could not be sustained by ramen noodles at 38 years old. My body would say, ma'am, knock it off. (laughs) But at 18, wonderful. And what I'm submitting to you is that at every stage of your spiritual life, you may need to shift your diet or you will find yourself malnourished spiritually. You will find yourself starving, which will lead to your stunted growth and so many other challenges that will prevent you from walking into the vision that God has for you. So join me and recommit or commit for the first time to whatever diet you need right now. And if you are just getting started and you just need to start with a devotional, that is your diet, that is acceptable. I know where I am in life. I know what I've prayed for. I know for the responsibility that I've asked for. And I know that I'm beyond this point of being able to rely on a devotional every single day. I know that what I want to do and how I want to impact people requires me to dig deeper and learn for myself and dissect the scriptures for myself. I'm not judging where you are. I'm just asking you to consider. What do you need next? To truly redefine wealth for yourself and be in a position to carry the weight of what you're asking for. I hope that helps somebody. I really, really do. And I hope you hear my heart. There's no judgment. I'm not even judging myself. I'm just like, girl, do better. Do better. And you know what better is for you. Do better, recommit, and make it public. It's easy for me to hide this stuff. I go around the country every single week and I'm telling people about the faith pillar. I must be accountable to it. And just, again, doing doing the things I know I can get away with, it's not enough. It's not enough because I see the results on the outside. And more than that, God sees. 
And that's who I answer to. You feel me? Again, I hope it's something that you will consider with me. Join me in the Purpose Chaser community. It's completely complimentary. It's at IamAPurposeChaser.com. Let's talk about this. Let's talk about what we're doing. Let's hold each other accountable. Let's encourage one another, not because it's something that we want to check off the list every day, but because we genuinely want to be able to carry the weight of what we're asking for to carry the weight of the vision that we have for ourselves that was placed in our hearts, that we have a desire to fulfill. Because life is coming. Enemies are going to attack. Betrayal is imminent. These things happen. It's not a matter of if, it's when. And I want us to all be prepared with that full armor so we know exactly how to fight and how to stand and how to do it with grace and ease and a peace that transcends all understanding. And don't forget, if you are ready to intentionally, strategically, and purposefully plan your way to your best year yet, check out tinablack.net slash shop. Remember, she's our fellow purpose chaser who's given her secrets on how to plan your year, which is different than most planners that just have empty pages. So get yours today and follow her proven system. That's tinablack.net dot net slash shop so that's it for me until next time i want you to go live your life's purpose find fulfillment and earn more without ever chasing money talk to you later what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.